Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Well, the Bible says that we have the earnest of our inheritance now. So that means if we're going to have a time over there, we might as well have a good time here. Amen. Have a good time praising the Lord, lifting up the name of the Lord, exalting his name. Hallelujah. If we're going to sing and shout there, we might as well sing and shout here. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. It is a great honor tonight to... to bring Sister Gill to you to deliver a great lesson. I believe she's shared with me a few things and I'm looking forward to hear what she has to say and to encourage you, to strengthen you, and live in victory. Amen. Would you give her a great big hand right now? I love her. Praise God. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Lord. It's bright up here. First of all, I want to say thank you for the birthday flowers and cards and gifts and messages that y'all sent me. Y'all are just the best family to have. Thank you for loving me and for celebrating my birthday with me. Um, Brother Dylan, Brother Joe's going to help me. They're going to pass out. These are not name tags. Brother Dylan asked me. They are not name tags, just stickers. Just hang on to it, and I'll tell you what to do with it in a second. My uh, assignment tonight, my topic tonight is living an overcoming life. And I've just got to tell you, I uh, lived the first part of my life in Bishop's house. Now I live in Pastor's house. If it can be preached about, talked about, written about, They've covered it. So I have nothing new to tell you. I have no new revelation. But sometimes it's good to be reminded of some things. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story while they're finishing passing those out. We were having family dinner on Sunday at uh, Bishop's house. And um, Brother Gill and David had left. They had some things they needed to do. And the rest of us just sat around the table. And we get into some really good discussions. And we were talking about, uh, it started off really good. We were talking about heaven. And then we started talking about, you know, where do you go? Where do you go immediately after you, you die? Where does the soul go? What's, what happens to this? We just started. And then we got off on mansions. What's that mean? And we were just going around the table actually just saying what we knew. We know this and we know that and we know this. And uh, Bishop was being kind of quiet. And Grace looked across the table at him and she said, Papa, just how ashamed of us are you right now? <laughs> With all of our wisdom. Uh, If you're flexible, get your foot up in your lap and put this on the bottom of your shoe. If you're not flexible like me, uh, just take your shoe off. I'm going to give you just a real small little visual tonight. 
And I want you to put this on the bottom of your shoe. It says Satan on it. I want this to be a visible, tangible reminder tonight. This is enough right here. We could go home. This is how you live a victorious life. We just remember where he is. Whoo, welcome to 2020. When future students study this year in their history class, I hope it's an open book test. <laughs> Seriously, you cannot make this stuff up. We've had, this is just off the top of my head, I wrote some things down. We've had impeachment proceedings against our sitting president. We've had a country shut down due to an unseen virus. Quarantine, rioting, looting. Laws being passed to legalize pedophilia, gender battles, hurricanes, floods. This is all in America. Fires, the battle of the masks. And there were murder hornets in there somewhere. I think I missed the murder hornets. But there were murder hornets. Mm. Hell is at work. Hell is at work. And for those that are spiritually aware, we can feel it. You can feel it. It feels heavy. It feels hard. It feels sometimes like intimidation. Sometimes it feels like fear. Sometimes it feels like confusion. And the devil wants to trick us into thinking that this is about a political race. He wants to trick us into thinking that it's a racial issue. Black lives matter. Blue lives matter. All lives matter. Or he wants to trick us into thinking it's about women's rights. It's not about any of that stuff. It's not about any of that stuff. The enemy loves to create counterfeit movements that we can get behind so he can distract us from the real thing that's going on. This is not a political problem. This is not a virus problem. This is hell being unleashed in our country. Our country opened the door a few years ago when we took God out of the schools when we took God out of our uh, Senate, when we took God out of our leadership, we, our country opened a door, and now we're dealing with the results of that. Yeah. Because once you open that door, you can't dictate what comes through. Right. Our country opened a door into the spirit realm, and they can't, they can't get it closed now. They can't dictate what they allow in or what they don't allow in. So the things that are going on around us can feel very, very heavy. Yeah. It feels, again, it feels like darkness sometimes feels like fear sometimes or confusion. None of those things come from God. None of that. This is the enemy at work. And it seems like every day we wake up to a new catastrophe. If it wasn't so sad, it would be funny. It's kind of like, what are we... So I saw a little meme the other day that said, what are we offended about today? What new thing is coming today? But as children of God, we know we're victorious. But sometimes it doesn't necessarily feel like we're living a victorious life. Just being real honest, because of the darkness, because of the confusion, because of the anger. Have you ever seen so much anger in your life? I have not. (laughs) So much fear, so much turmoil. So how do we live in this present world without it changing us? How do we change the world rather than allowing the world to change us? How do we stand against those feelings of fear? How do we stand against those feelings of intimidation? I believe the answer, and again, I told you I didn't come to tell you anything new. I'm just going to remind you of some some things. I think the answer can be found in actively acknowledging three things. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Number one, who God is. 
Number two, who Satan is. And number three, who I am. When I, as a child of God, understand who God is, when I understand who the devil is and where he is, and where I, when I understand who I am in Christ, then I can live a victorious lifestyle come what may, no matter what's going on in my world. So the first thing we do is we acknowledge who God is. I set him in the rightful place in my life. There's a lot of people that believe in God, but they just don't have him set in the rightful place in their, their life. First Chronicles 16, 25 says, For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. That's who God is. Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. And let men say among the nations, the Lord reigneth. So we set God where he belongs in our life above all. He reigns over all. Isaiah 25 says, O Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name. I love that confidence monitor. For thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. That's who God is. That's, he's done wonderful things. His counsels are of faithfulness and of truth. And then in Hebrews it says, And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth. It was God. From the beginning of time it was God. Laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest. Another scripture says heaven and earth are going to pass away, but the word of the Lord is going to stand forever. So I put him in my life above all. He's going to last. He is eternal. He's the only wise God. So when we rehearse who God is, when we actively remind ourselves who God is, he's my savior. He's my redeemer. He's my healer. He's the lifter of my head. He's the sustainer of my life. Then when I get down to pray, I realize it's no small thing to pray to him. I'm not praying to a God that can't be touched with the feeling of my infirmity. I can't, I'm not praying to a God that is, is bound by time. I'm not praying to a powerless God. I'm praying to the one that created the heavens and the earth. There's an old song that says, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is what? Sinking sand. It's where we're living today. It's sinking all around us, sinking all around us. I'm so glad I'm on the solid rock. And although Satan is at work, I want to remind us first who God is before we ever talk about the one that's on the bottom of your shoe. Although Satan is at work in our world, we must remember he is not God's peer and he is not God's counterpart. Too many times we uh, want to think of God and Satan as co-equal opposites. As though they're equal in power, one for good and one for evil. That is not true. That is not true. In reality, Satan has boundaries. He has limitations. He can only go so far. Our God does not. Our God does not. Only our God is omnipresent. That means he can be everywhere at all times. 
Satan is not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at all times. That power belongs to God alone. Hebrews 13 and 5 says, I'll never leave thee. I'll never forsake thee no matter where we are. No matter where we are geographically. No matter where we are in time. No matter where we are in our age. No matter where we are in location. No matter the position of our body. No matter the position of our soul. God is with us. God is omnipresent. We can't. Was it David that said I could make my bed in hell? And you're there. No matter where we are. God is present. God is present. I'm so thankful. Only our God is omniscient. That means all-knowing. Only our God knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. Satan doesn't know that. Satan doesn't know what our thoughts are. He can't read our mind. He can only hear what we say. He can only surmise what we're feeling by our body language. But listen to what the psalmist said about God. He said, great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. There's no end to the understanding of God. Only he is all-knowing. And so knowing that Satan is limited, knowing that he cannot know all, we speak words of faith. Right. Even in fear. Brother Keith and I had a, a bit of a conversation the other day, and we were talking about faith and fear. Sometimes our emotions get clouded over. Right. Right. Sometimes, and sometimes we like to think, if I have faith, I have no fear. Actually... The opposite, one opposite of faith is sight. I have had faith for something before with my knees knocking. I have stood up and say, Lord, I believe you and I'm trembling inside because I understand the circumstances. I understand what could happen, but I still have faith. I still trust him. I still believe. Only our God is all-knowing. Only our God is all-knowing. So when fear comes against us, when discouragement or intimidation tries to come against us, we speak out loud. Amen. Satan, I know that's you. Yeah. I recognize your tricks. So we speak words that are positive. We speak words that are encouraging. And if we get to a point, sometimes we get there where we say, I don't even know what to say about this. Right. I'm in, I've been speechless, seems like most of the year. I'm Really? Really? I don't even know what to say. Go to the word of God. Yeah. Start quoting scripture. That will right. keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed yes. on thee. Amen. I will extol thee, O God and King. I'll bless thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Just start quoting scripture if you don't know what to say. Amen. Quote scripture. The last thing on knowing who our God is, is only our God is eternal. First Timothy says, Now unto the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So we walk in victory. Not based on our feelings, not based on our emotions, not based on our world. We walk in victory every day of our life because we understand that when the omnipresent, omniscient, all-powerful, almighty, eternal, immortal God is for us, then it doesn't matter what's against us. Aren't you thankful to know who God is? Aren't you thankful that you know where he is in your life? He is above all in my life. So first of all, we acknowledge who God is. Keys to living victorious. And then second, we acknowledge who Satan is. And we set him in his rightful place in our life. We acknowledged who God was and we set him. He is above all. Now we're going to acknowledge who Satan is and we're going to 
acknowledge his position. Where is his position? His position is under my feet. His position is under my feet. He's a defeated foe. He's already lost. Already lost. He's loud. I will say that. The Bible describes him as a roaring lion. And sometimes loud things can be intimidating. Sometimes loud things can be distracting. Sometimes loud things can be nerve-wracking. But until we remember where he is, then we're not moved by it, even though he is loud. Even though it does bring fear or intimidation, I remember, yes, you're loud, but you're under my feet. Yes, you're loud, you're also annoying, but you're defeated. You're defeated. I'm so thankful to know that, that the enemy is under my feet. Uh, Sister Amy gave Sila a nickname not too long after she was born of Mighty Mouse. Y'all, does she remind you of my mother-in-law? Sila, <laughs> not Sister Amy. <laughs> She's just this little tiny firecracker in this little bitty, little bitty package. But she's mighty. So Mighty Mouse is what we call her. She is pre- pretty fearless. And she makes her wishes known. But she's afraid of flies. <laughs> She'll pet any dog. She'll hold any cat scared to death of flies. Uh, and it, it's, it, it is funny. But it's sad, too. Because she goes into full-on panic mode. Our family can tell you. She tears, flailing, running for help, screaming, bloody murder, scared to death of flies, terrified of flies, terrified. She's absolutely convinced that that fly is going to do her bodily harm. Absolutely. It, it's, it's funny to, it, it's sad, but it's funny to watch. <laughs> but I'm not afraid of flies because my personal experience of dealing with flies in my lifetime, and I've dealt with them before. I dealt with one today in my office, just aggravating the life out of me. And although they have annoyed me, they've never harmed me. They've never caused me bodily harm. And I understand that all I need to do to make that fly leave is this. I don't even have to touch it. Just wave your arm at it. Wave your your hand at it. Shoot, and it'll go. I recognize this enemy. I'm not talking about flies now. I'm talking about the one that's underneath my feet. I recognize him. I know him. And I know there's not a thing to fear. I have every tool I need at my disposal to send him fleeing, to send him fleeing. So when he comes around, I remind him of that. I remind him, you try to bring up my past, I'll bring up your future. I know where you're headed. You're already defeated. You are under my feet. You're under my feet. I remind him of that. And then I, I acknowledge that he is a liar. Y'all, I know this isn't earth shattering. I'm just reminding y'all of some stuff. The real preacher will be back next week. He's got revelations for you <laughs> and deep stuff. Satan is a liar. He is a liar. Jesus said of him in John 8, he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. Why? Because there was no truth in him. Now listen to this. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own for he is a what? A liar and the father of it. So what Jesus was saying is, that's just Satan's native language. If his mouth's moving, he's lying. If you're hearing something from him, it's a lie. It's in his character. It's all he knows how to do. It's all he has the ability to do is lie. And so when he tries to send the message of fear, or he tries to send the message of intimidation, or of insecurity, or of weakness, or if he tells you you can't make it, he's lying. 
He's a liar. He's a liar. When I remember that, when I remember that he's already defeated, when I remember that he's under my feet, when I remember that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Now, it didn't say it wouldn't be formed. Didn't say it wouldn't be used against me. It says it won't prosper. That means it won't have its intended end. It's not going to destroy me. When I remember these things actively, then I live in victory. I live in victory. But then when Satan tries to control the narrative, when he tries to spin a story, and the world is making it easy for him today, I'll just tell you. When he tries to spin a story, what do we do? We go to the word. What does God say? What does God say about it? Isaiah 41, he says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. He's got us in his hand. He's upholding us. Satan is defeated. Satan is defeated. Romans 16 says, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. And then listen to his end in Revelation 20. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. No wonder he's trying to mess with us. No wonder. But that's who Satan is. He's a defeated liar. Look at that little sticker on the bottom of your shoe. That's where he is. He's under your feet. He's under your feet. So we actively acknowledge who God is. He's above all. We actively acknowledge who Satan is. He's the enemy of our soul and he's under our feet. And then the third thing is I acknowledge who I am. Who I am in Christ. I'm a citizen of a kingdom that can't be shaken. I'm a child of a king that has no limitations. God is within me and I will not fail. <laughs> the spirit of the living God resides in me and I'm a force to be reckoned with. I might not look tough, but I am because when I pray, hell shakes. When, and this is for you too. When we speak the word of God over a situation, do you realize that angels are dispatched to carry out that assignment? Do you realize that we give the devil grief every day of his stinking life? We are wreaking damage to his kingdom. Yeah. Brother Chester preached a message here one time and said, if you could hear what hell is saying about you, you would be encouraged. When we walk, hell shakes. Yeah. When we speak the word of God, hell shakes. Yeah. We are wreaking damage to his kingdom because we're victorious. Right. My family will be saved. How about you? Can you say that? My family will be saved. My children will be blessed and fruitful. Are you claiming that? My grandchildren are going to have a godly heritage. I have been anointed. You, we have been anointed to break generational curses. My children and grandchildren and God, should the Lord tarry, my great-grandchildren are not going to have to deal with battles that I'm going to fight and win. Amen? We're hell's worst nightmare. When the enemy draws near to us, when he trespasses borders, when he comes within range, it's him, not me, that trembles. Why? Because he's on territory he doesn't belong. I'm blood-bought. I'm blood-bought. 
I understand I'm a daughter of the king. I belong to God. I belong to God. And I understand that whatever the enemy does, no matter what it is, God will either overrule it or he'll undo it or he'll redeem it to serve his purpose. Mm. So I listened for and recognized the voice of God. I want to hear the voice of God speaking in my life. Now, I've never um, necessarily heard an audible voice. I know some people have, but I've heard the voice of God. I recognize the voice of God. We, we can hear it. We can recognize it. Um, several years ago when David was going for his first um, internship in Louisiana, Bishop pulled him aside in the prayer room one night and um, told him, said, listen for the voice of God. God's going to speak to you in this time about your future. And David said, asked him, said, how will I recognize that it's God's voice? And I loved the answer because it makes everything so clear. Bishop said, it'll be the first voice you hear. The second one will be the voice of your enemy. Can you attest to that? How many times have you felt moved by God to do something, to step out, to say something, to, to minister to somebody, to witness to somebody, and then that second voice comes and says, no, you're ridiculous, you can't do that. That's the voice of the enemy. When God speaks to you, it brings peace. When Satan speaks to you, it brings confusion. That's how we know this is Satan at work in this world. When the voice of God speaks to you, it lines up with his word. It lines up with godly counsel. When a word comes from God, when it's the voice of God, it'll come with confirmation. When it comes from the enemy, it brings hesitation and frustration and confusion. I listen for the voice of God. I listen for the voice of God. I abide in him and he sustains me. Yes, these are troubling times. Yes, we're surrounded by fear. Yes, we're surrounded by anger, so much anger. And yes, the voice of the enemy is loud. So here's what we do. We set our mind, according to Colossians 3 and 2, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. This world is not our home. We're just sojourners here. So I set my mind on things above. I fix my eyes on him. Hebrews 12 and 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So we set our mind, we set our eyes, I guard my heart. According to Proverbs 4 and 23, keep thy heart with all diligence so it does not become hardened in this time or so it does not become angry in this time. And then I lift my hands, Psalm 63 and 4, thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. I'm going to continue to worship. I'm going to set my mind, I'm going to fix my eyes, I'm going to guard my heart, I'm going to lift my hands, and then the last thing I'm going to do is I'm going to stand firm. Where's my armor of God, ladies, Bible study ladies? Ephesians, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So what's the answer to that? Wherefore? Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand, stand, stand. We can live victorious in this day. So do we join the riots and the arguments? Do we bury our head in the sand and wait for it all to be over? Do we fight for everything? Do we fight for nothing? 
one extreme or the other. We put on the whole armor of God and we stand for truth and righteousness. Charles Spurgeon said to be a Christian is to be a warrior. His occupation is war. And he, as he puts on piece by piece the armor provided for him, he may wisely say to himself, this armor warns me of danger. This prepares me for warfare. This prophesies opposition. Sometimes it requires that we speak out against unrighteousness. I believe the church as a whole has been quiet for too long. We need to be speaking out on behalf of those aborted babies. We need to be speaking out on behalf of these children that are being trafficked. We need to speak out on behalf of these children that are being raised by parents that say, you choose your gender. I don't know what you are. We need to speak out on behalf of that, not by rioting, not by protesting, but by living a righteous life, by living holy. We stand up and shine God's light into the darkness of the world. Sometimes it requires that we do speak up. Sometimes it requires that we do say, no, that's wrong. That's not right. That's not what, that doesn't line up with the word of God. I'm not saying fight. I'm not saying argue. I say sometimes it's, it requires though that we open our mouth. And then sometimes it requires that we keep our mouth shut and we go to the prayer closet. And we bury our head and ask God to do what only he can do. Because we understand that he can do more than all of our arguing on Facebook's ever going to get done. So we acknowledge, number one, who God is. He's our Savior. We acknowledge, number two, who Satan is. He's a defeated liar. And we acknowledge, number three, who we are. We are a child of the Most High God. We sing a song, uh, and I copied some of the words to it. It says, the weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. And I'm not backing down from any giant because I know how this story ends. Whoo, I like that. I like that. And let me read you, leave you with the final scripture. Here's how the story ends. 1 Corinthians 15, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Aren't you thankful for that promise? I'm going to be changed. I'm going to be changed. This is not all there is. Thank God. This is not all there is. I'm listening for the sound of the trumpet. And I believe it could be just any day now. But while I'm here... On planet earth, I'm going to remain standing steadfast because I remember that God is in control. Satan's under my feet and I'm victorious. How about you? I'm victorious. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you.
Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.